0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Rocket Roundup. Today we're talking the Florida Scrub chain being broken by SpaceX, Soyuz MS 17 slash ISS Expedition 64, some smaller rocket companies making progress, Boeing Starliner commander stepping down, SpaceX having some Falcon 9 issues, and more Starship testing. Let's get into it. The only orbital launch since the last episode was SpaceX's Starlink Launch 12. This was the third launch attempt um, for this mission, and it successfully delivered 60 Starlink satellites to low-Earth orbit. The Starlink constellation of satellites is currently over 700 with this latest launch. Elon Musk mentioned on Twitter that once these satellites reach their correct, correct orbital inclination in the upcoming months, they will be able to start the public beta program for Starlink, which at first will only be available in the northern United States and Canada. Right now, the Starlink service is being tested by some Native American tribes and natural disaster responders. The Ho tribe in the state of Washington was given early access to Starlink, and the tribe said that we felt like we'd been paddling up river with a spoon on this, referring to the internet before Starlink, And and then Starlink made it happen overnight. The booster that supported the Starlink mission had its third successful launch and landing with this mission. Before this, it launched Bob and Doug up to the ISS for demo mission, demo two mission, and completed the anastas two mission for the South Korean government. The, autonom- the autonomous spaceport drone ship, of course, I still love you. Brought B ton fifty eight back to port, Canaveral fifty six hours after the launch Tuesday morning, which is quite astonishing. Fairing catchers on this mission went one for, t- for one of two with Mrs. Tree's sixth net catch and Mrs. Chief's scooping the fairing half from the water after soft splashdown. Starlink L-12 was a big success breaking the excruciating amount of scrubs from Florida in the past few weeks. Now let's talk about the next long duration ISS mission launching very soon. Scheduled to lift off Wednesday the 14th at 5.45 am UTC or 1.45 EST. Soyuz MS-17 with Roscosmos Sergei Ryzhikov and Sergei Kudskirchkov, also NASA's Kate Rubens, will serve as the crew for the ISS's next long-duration mission. The ride to the ISS will last about three hours, thanks to a new trajectory and improved and automa- automatic docking system. Once settled in on the International Space Station in a few weeks, Commander Chris Cassidy will hand over their ISS to Russia's Sergei Ryzhikov and then the crew of Expedition 63 will depart with Soyuz MS-16. Expedition 64 will stay on board the ISS until April 2021. Then we'll hand over the station to Expedition 65. Eight other crew members are scheduled to come and go from the ISS until the end of Expedition 64, both coming from SpaceX crewed missions to the ISS, Crew 1 and Crew 2. Speaking of Crew-1, NASA announced that they are now targeting early to mid-September for the launch of four astronauts to the International Space Station. This is because of issues from Falcon 9, which we'll talk about later. Next, some smaller rocket companies are making really good progress. Aerospace companies Firefly and Relativity Space are both developing small sat launchers. Firefly with its Firefly Alpha and Relativity with the Tehran one. First, Relativity Space is special because they... 3D print their rockets. And with this technology, they want to be able to build a rocket in 60 days, then eventually, with experience, in 30 days. Michael Sheets with CNBC recently was given an exclusive interview and look inside their new production facility in Long Beach, California. In their new HQ, Relativity has seven 3D printing bays that are about 30 feet tall. Once 30 foot tall segments are constructed, they use a horizontal conjoining system which is a robotic welding arm that stitches all the rocket segments together the 3d printers are actively printing the first iteration of their toronto one rocket they'll have its first debut next year relativity is making the rocket factory of the future the only th- thing in my opinion that would make the rocket cheaper to fly would be reus- reusability like what spacex is doing with vertical landings of the Falcon 9. Those are two things that will change the game in terms of how fast a a company can get a rocket off the pad. Well, anyways, Firefly's Alpha rocket is also gearing up to take off the pad soon. Firefly Alpha is a two-stage expendable launch vehicle that runs off of liquid oxygen and RP-1. Alpha just completed a full-duration static fire for its first launch slated for next month from Vandenberg Air Force Base. Alpha is designed to cater to the small satellite operations. In my opinion, they're very similar to Rocket Lab. They both cater to small satellites. They both have black rockets that both use RP-1 and liquid oxygen as fuel. Firefly is just a newer company using the same techniques as Rocket Lab. But nevertheless, it'll be cool to see their rockets come off the pad at Vandenberg. Next, Boeing Starliner commander steps down. Chris Ferguson, former NASA astronaut and current employee at Boeing, has stepped down from being a passenger on the first crewed Boeing flight test. Current NASA astronaut Barry Wilmore will place him on the flight. Boeing and Chris had come together for for this flight for sentimental value, and he is executive at Boeing. Chris was the commander of the final space shuttle mission, STS-135, and planted an American flag on the space station for the next American astronauts coming from American soil to reclaim. If Boeing would have beat SpaceX to capturing the flag, and if Chris would have not stepped down from this mission, Chris would have captured the flag he planned on the ISS in 2011. Instead, SpaceX beat Boeing in the race to capture the flag, and NASA astronauts Bob Behnken and Doug Hurley captured the flag on their SpaceX Demo-2 flight back in May of this year. It's very understandable for Chris to step down, with his daughter having a wedding coming up in the next year, and he definitely doesn't want to complicate this important life event for his family. Before Boeing is able to have crew on their Starliner capsule, they'll need to complete another uncrewed demo mission. Because on their first uncrewed demo mission, they had multiple software issues with the Starliner, resulting in them being unable to dock with the International Space Station. Boeing OFT-2, the uncrewed demo, is scheduled no earlier than January 2020. Then their crewed flight test uh, is scheduled no earlier than June 2021. If they complete both of these milestones successfully, they will have their first operational commercial crew mission at the end of 2021, early 2022. NASA and Boeing learned from their experience with the failure and will implement integrated software testing in all future flights, not just individual components. They will test the rocket communication to the capsule and more. Speaking of rocket issues, SpaceX are having some engine issues with the Falcon 9. On Friday, October 2nd, SpaceX scrubbed the launch of a GBS, GPS satellite at T-minus two seconds. It was not announced what the cause of the scrub was until Elon Musk went to Twitter. Elon said that there was an unexpected rise of pressure in Falcon 9's turbo pumps. Turbo pumps feed the combustion chamber, chamber of the engine with propellant at a high pressure. If the pressure in the turbopump gets too high, then the whole thing could go boom. SpaceX are currently trying to resolve this problem on the booster they're using for the GPS mission. NASA also announced that they're moving back SpaceX's Crew-1 mission to the ISS for the same reason. Both of these missions are using new boosters. And as we talked about earlier, a Starlink mission went on without a hitch the other day. So my guess is that in production, these new boosters were made incorrectly. And now they need to be extremely cautious with the engines, especially with people on board for the Crew-1 mission. Hopefully, SpaceX can fix this issue very quickly and safely. Lastly, some Starship development updates. We left off last week with some road closures for cryoproof testing of SN8. The first Sunday night was used for ambient pressure testing of SN8, and it was successful. Then The next three days were used for cryoproof testing, and it ad- it did, in fact, take three attempts. On the first attempt, Elon tweeted that they reached 7 bar absolute pressure. But there was a small leak that opened up on the engine side of SN8, so they tested again the next day. And then after SN8 got really frosty and it looked like a successful test, they tested the day after that. Maybe just for peace of mind. And after the third attempt, Elon tweeted that SN8 passed cry-proof testing. On- onto static fires, then the 15-kilometer hop. Just as I'm writing this on Sunday, two Raptors out of three were just delivered to the launch pad. And the first one is getting installed. We need to be on the lookout for another raptor to the pad, though. After all three raptors are installed, and SpaceX feels confident, they'll go for a static fire. Analyze the data, go for a static fire, and if both look good, they'll go for the 15 kilometer hop. For the 15 kilometer hop, they'll need to put a nose cone with flaps on SN8. As of right now, it's unknown when they'll put the nose on SN8. In other news, Elon said the high bay should complete in a few weeks. Besides the gantry crane that they'll use to stack Super Heavy but when the high bay is complete, besides the crane, they'll start stacking the first super-heavy prototype. Also, SN9 has, com- has finished stacking in the mid-bay, with SN10 about to start stacking right next to it. Right now, testing is the limiting factor of how SpaceX, how fast SpaceX can go with this research and development program. They're pumping out prototypes like it's nothing. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll be back next Sunday for another episode. Peace.